I had to come down here because I took down my short thing for my short people's platform there. I look like a little floating head behind that thing. Too tiny. That's a man's pulpit right here. I love you guys. I love you guys. I love Sister Churchill. I love Sister Lumpkin. You're an awesome lady. I love Sister Blackshear. You guys are the greatest, awesomest ladies. You, this district is awesome because you guys are here. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I had a little platform, but it disappeared because it was dirty and ugly. So it probably got pulled out. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if it ain't pretty, it don't belong in a women's conference, right? <laughs> Winning souls together. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Oh, and you can all be seated. It says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of Jesus. That's what we're called to do. We're called to get people to that Acts 2.38 salvation experience, which is repentance, baptism in the name of Jesus, and filled up with, get people filled up with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And by the way, if you don't have that today, you can get that tonight. You don't got to go home tonight, Layla, without getting the Holy Ghost. You can talk to somebody about baptism. Talk to your pastor wife. She'll hook you up. We need to get people saved. I got some soul winning experience I wanted to share to encourage you guys. First picture. We're approaching our eighth year of bus ministry. We have our own service now. Next picture. Bus ministry service runs 75 people weekly in the 3 p.m. service. On Friday night, thanks to the Shracks Church, we're running a bus ministry youth group now, running 30. And thanks to the Schwab family, thanks to the Schwab family, we're running shelter ministry with the buses. Praise God. A weekly average of 115. <laughs> Hold your applause because we're running out of time. I got 15 minutes. All right. 4,750 first time visitors walk through these doors because of the buses. Next picture. We've had 300 baptisms. Next picture. We've had 175 get the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. And as a result, we've had also five crazy revivals hosted by the bus ministry. And one of those awesome days in Christmas 2015, we had 1,077 people came to this tiny little church in one day. And I say that because I want you to know if this church can win souls, you can win.
person with us, next year we wouldn't be able to fit them all. We would double this district. We can win souls together. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what odds against you. It doesn't matter how small your community is. It doesn't matter if you got the Holy Ghost. You can turn your city upside down and win souls for Jesus. I'm the biggest sinner in this room and I win souls. If your family's backslid, your husband, your kids, your family, you can still win souls. And through your efforts of winning souls, they're going to get saved too. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter your social status. It doesn't matter your generation of Pentecost. You can win a soul. <laughs> We're all we are all called to win souls. Even if you're a quiet introvert, you can still win souls. Micah, get up here. Bring my funnel. This is Micah. And when she was seven years old, she brought 48 people. 48 people to church. She didn't even have the Holy Ghost yet. Go ahead and sit down. She went all around her apartment complex. She went all around her neighborhood in a dangerous neighborhood, Fairview. She told people about church. She says she loves church. She got so much people and four parents. She pretty much, I was going to close that, that bus route down, but she saved it because she brought people to church. You don't got to be perfect. If this little kid can win some souls, you can win some souls. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9. Don't be afraid, ladies. Jesus is with us. We're not supposed to be discouraged or afraid. You guys are natural soul winners. We got some advantages being ladies. Because who brings everybody together at Christmas? Who brings everybody together at Thanksgiving? Mom? Grandma? Who brings everybody to the gym? Your female co-worker. You, you do. Who brings people together? Women. So what is winning people to God? Is bringing people together. We are naturals. We are loving by nature. We're sweet. We're sacri you're sacrificial. You're a giver. You have a big heart for hurting people. You got something to offer God. How many of you in here? Our, our, our homemakers are, are women that are, that are raising your kids. Or you got a home business. And you're at home. Guess what? You are a full-time missionary. You're not just a mom. God has a plan for you. It's the devil that tells you that you're alone and abandoned and backed up in a corner and, oh, I can't win salt. I can't do that. It's the devil messing with you. But you are all part of God's body, and we're going to win souls together. It doesn't matter if it's Bethel or if it's Canada or if it's Norvik. We're going to win souls, and we're going to win souls together. send souls I want you to say work amen women are good at working too it's like pouring into this funnel you put a lot of work in it and a little bit comes
comes out, a little bit of fruit. When we had the 1,077 people came, it's because we put out 10,000 invites. When we had the 4,750 visitors for the first time, we only got like five that are like LC members on the, on the roll call. When, when Micah brought 48 people, she knocked five blocks over and over and over. And I tell you that not to discourage you, but to tell you to keep working, keep trying, keep laboring. If you already did it, do it again. We can win souls together. Make some cookies and lemonade. Go across the street to the neighbor's kids. Give them some lemonade. Tell them about Jesus. Bring some cookies to your bank. Bring some cookies to your gas station. Bring some cookies to a shelter downtown. There's somebody to tell about Jesus. Tip your waitress good. And then write Jesus loves you on the tip. 40%. <laughs> get a whole bunch of, this is what my bus moms do. They get a whole bunch of kids to spend the night on Saturday. And then they pack them all up in their car on Sunday and bring them to church. You guys are soul winners. Make a big plate of food. Invite a sinner over. Let them eat it. And then preach to them about Jesus. And if you don't know how to win a soul, back up your pastor's wife. Find the leadership in your church and back them up. I guarantee they're winning souls 24 hours a day. And they need you to back them up. We're going to go do something. We're going to win souls. Now is the time to win souls. I'm in my time. I'm doing good. All right. Now is the time to win souls. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 14, verse 23. It says, go into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come. It says, go. How do we win souls? We go. We go. We get up and we go. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 7. Go preach. He says, as you go preach, Jesus assumes you're going somewhere doing something. And again, in case it wasn't convincing enough, he gives us another one. It says, Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. Go into all the world. Tell them about Jesus. He says it again. How many times? Over and over. This is the one that got me. God showed me this one. Luke chapter 10 and verse 2. It says, the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. So it guarantees that there is a harvest now. Now is the time to win souls. The harvest is already here. That's not a question. But you know what? We always, we stop right there. And we say, oh, boo-hoo, God, there are no laborers. But then what does verse 3 say? He says, go. Go. I am sending you. I am sending you. We need to go win some souls. We just need to do something. We need to quit having apathy and victimizing ourselves. We need to quit wasting our time on Facebook. We need to quit wasting our time on YouTube. We need to quit procrastinating and gossiping and backstabbing. We need to win souls. Jesus. 
There is a girl that was raped last week and she is waiting for you to show her the way towards Jesus for her healing. There is a woman getting beat up tonight by her boyfriend and she needs somebody to show her the way out. All the horrible stories that you hear in your newspaper, they're sitting in your backyard tonight. Souls don't care if your house is messy. Pick them up, put them in your car, put them in your house and feed them and give them to Jesus. These are perilous times. God is pouring out his spirit on all flesh. Now is the time to go win souls. We must win souls. Luke chapter 19 and verse 12. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Are we really like Jesus? Are we really crazy, compassionate for the souls? Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, it guarantees that if you follow God, he will make you a fisher of men. He doesn't say if or maybe. He says that if you are following him, you will win a soul. He promised. Are we apostolic? Are we following Jesus? There's a prayer cloth in every one of our seats. And if you don't got one, come go out to the table. They got some there. But I want you to pull out that prayer cloth. Lift it up. Get a hold of it. And while you're pulling it out, I'm going to tell you what it represents. It represents prayers you can hold on to. It represents the ladies of the president's ministry. I don't even know these ladies, but the highest up of the UPCI awesomest ladies. They prayed over these. And they prayed over them and they anointed them with oil. And then Gracie, Amanda, and Katie, stand up. Don't be shy. Don't, don't leave me hanging. There you go. There you go. Where's Amanda? There you are up there. They prayed six hours over these prayer cloths. And they anointed it with oil again. Thank you, ladies. These teenagers prayed soul winning prayers. We prayed countless hours over these. So right now I want everybody to stand. God is going to pour out his soul winner's anointing on you. And every time you look at this cloth, I want you to know that you are not alone. You are with hundreds of ladies and ladies from all over the world. You have hours of prayers of soul winner's anointing power in your hands. God, right now I'm asking that you would pour out your spirit on us right now, Jesus. I'm asking God that you would win souls through every lady in this place by the multiples, God. Jesus, if you're a tongue talker, speak out loud right now. Jesus, let there be revival in Alaska District, God. Let these ladies win souls, oh God. Take away their fear. Give them confidence, oh God. Cast down everything that would distract them, Lord.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. God wants to do something for you tonight. Will you allow him to do it? If there's healing that needs to be done of your spirit, let him do it tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Life Church, for the wonderful bringing us into the presence of God. Thank you, Sister Bartlett and your team for the beautiful music. Thank you so much. And now it's time to hear the word of the Lord. Sister Lumpkin is a wonderful speaker. She's a wonderful Christian. They pastor a wonderful church in Little Rock, Arkansas. And I am so thankful to have her with us tonight. Keep your hearts open, your ears open, your mind open. Let God open your eyes to his word and let you understand. And in Jesus' name, let it lodge so that when you walk out these doors and somebody says, what was it about tonight? Well, it was, um, well, it was, um, well, it was. That's a trick of the devil. But we're going to let God plant it in our minds. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come, Sister Lumpkin. I know some of you have traveled a long way to get here. And um, some of you have cost quite a bit of money to come. I thought about that last week in preparing to come here myself. And I thought, Lord, what is it that you want these women to know or to hear? And the one resounding thought kept coming over and over to me was let them know I love them. I think sometime in this world that we live in, we can feel really unloved, unappreciated. And sometimes going through a sickness, whether it be physical, spiritual, whatever it is, sometimes we wonder if God loves us. And so we come to these meetings, and we come and we shout, and we dance, and we sing, and we have a glorious time, but sometimes we leave empty. Because our relationship with God is more than a shout. I can go to church and sing with the best, shout and dance and run the aisles and go home and feel, God, where are you? So I think what we need to remember and be reminded of is God loves me. God loves you. We didn't mess up. Your sickness, your struggle, whatever it is in life, it's not because you messed up. Life happens. You don't become strong on mountaintops. You become strong in valleys. You don't learn to trust God until you need to learn to trust God. You don't need a healer until you're sick. You don't need a deliverer until you're in trouble. And you don't really need a lover until you feel unloved. And sometimes in those darkest moments when I have not felt loved is when he shows up and reminds me I'm special to him. And I think for you here in this place, I loved your worship. I love all your shouting. I love every bit of it. But I want you to be prepared to receive what God has for us the, re the next two, the next night and day. 
And for that to happen, you first need to be ministered to and let God minister to you. It's not anything I have to say. It's a feeling from the Lord that you need to experience. And our worship style that we have here, what an amazing worship team, what an amazing leadership here of worship, Sister Blackshear and the team. Fabulous, beautiful job. Loved it. But without the anointing, it's sound. And God created us to be worshipers. And here is something that you and I have over angels. Angels worship, yes, they do. They never stop singing holy, holy, holy. But they don't know what it's like for us, for us to worship him because we know he's delivered us, he's healed us, he's saved us, he's redeemed us. They don't know our kind of worship. And so when we begin to worship him, it's not because he created us like angels to do that. He created us and gave us a choice. I choose to worship him. I choose to love him. I choose to lift up my hand. I choose to do that. Life gives us all kinds of choices. We choose how we're going to handle life. We choose that. And with God, it's a whole lot easier. So what I want us to do, and I'm not going to be long, because I want you to have a wonderful evening. I want you to enjoy each other. But before you do, I want you to know that God loves you. So I want you to lift your hands one more time. And I want you to... Let him. We can say that all day long, and he can tell you that all day long, but I want you to receive the love of God right now. I want you to let him love on you the way that only you and he know about. Receive that spirit of love. Receive his touch right now in the Holy Ghost as you worship him in your way because there is nobody like him. There is not another God like him. There's not another friend like him. There's not another healer like him. And what a sweet spirit, a sweet, sweet spirit is in this place. A sweet spirit is in this place. Thank you, Lamb of God. Thank you for what you're doing right now to each of us ladies. You created us uniquely different. God, we have come to worship you, but not only that, to receive love from you, to receive a word, to receive your love, to receive your touch. And I thank you for doing that, God, in such a special way. Anoint and bless these women who have traveled so far. Let them be refreshed. Let them be refreshed. Let them be refreshed. In Jesus' name, I thank you, God. I thank you for that. I thank you for that. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You're welcome in me. You're welcome in my mind. You're welcome in my spirit. You're welcome here. You are welcome here. Thank you, King Jesus. Thank you, lover of my soul. Thank you, God. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. The beauty of your holy.
holiness. I worship you. sit at your feet we've come to sit at your feet You may be seated for just a moment. I was praying last weekend with a young lady <coughs> who, when she came to our church years ago, she was a pretty messed up young girl on drugs, alcohol, in and out of hospitals and rehabs. God healed and delivered her and filled her with the Holy Ghost. She moved away, married, and has a beautiful family. They go to different churches. They never locked in again to being faithful to one place, and they've gone to different places and made a few changes. And so when she was there last weekend, I was praying with her, and the thought came to me as I would begin to pray with her, and I began to speak in tongues. And the thought was so strong this is a sound. There is a certain sound that we don't ever need to forget the sound that comes in this church. There is a certain sound you won't hear anyplace else. And I began to talk to her and I said, don't forget this sound. Don't forget this sound. And I was reminded of a scripture verse in Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. You can't make that up. You can't fake that. You can't go anywhere and hear that sound. And so I wanted to impress on her, go where you want, look good as you want, but there is a certain sound you never, ever need to forget. I walked across the church and I went to pray with somebody else, but I wanted to scream out and it never left me. Don't forget the sound. And then there was a tongues and interpretation that went forth. And the thought was, it's a sound we don't ever need to let go of. It's a sound we don't need to just shove to the side or think it's just commonplace. Because you see, we're living in a time today where some people think it's a nice gift. It's more than just a nice gift. It is something we need to lock into 
Because there are times when we might not know what to pray. And those are times when we need to let the Holy Ghost pray through us. Because the scripture says he's ever making intercession through us. And there have been days and times when I've gone into his presence and I have literally not known what to pray. I just sit there. And that's a good thing. Because sometimes listening is a good thing. And the Holy Ghost will come and begin to pray through us. To the young girls that are here and to the older ladies, don't ever think that sound will go out of style. It is something we need to make sure of in Pentecost. Never goes out of style. It needs to make sure that we begin to speak in other tongues and let it flow. There is strength in that. And that's the only things that the Holy Spirit can do. We need to keep our balance in life. I do understand that. We mean, need to maintain a sound mind. But Jude 20 says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. It was building up his faith. When you don't know what to say in English, that's when you can pray in the Spirit. And when you feel like God isn't there or doesn't love you, sometimes that spirit of intercession will come or that just sweet spirit of the Lord where you're speaking in tongues. It's a sound, ladies, we don't need to forget. And it's a sound we don't need to die. It is a certain sound in this hour that the world needs to hear. And when they walk through our church doors, they're not looking for the same church that's down the road. They're looking and listening for a certain sound. All through the Word of God, all through the Word of God, we can find where God showed up. And there was a sound accompanied by that. It's recorded frequently was given to praying in tongues. Paul was and singing and praising. But he also shows up in a sound when the Spirit shows up. When the Ezekiel the prophet was told to prophesy to dead, dry bones, it came forth from the four winds a breath and breathed on them, and they were slain, those that were slain, and they rose from the, their dry bones. But it was a sound, a sound that was heard. I'm really not trying to be relevant to the world today. We're reaching for lost people, Stacy. We're out there reaching for people. And at the same time, I've got to hear the sound of his spirit and his voice. Romans 8, 26, we don't always know what to pray, but the spirit maketh intercession for us. When the wind blew, the Red Sea parted. Elijah left, the scripture says, in a whirlwind. And to some of you ladies here, who sometimes when you come in and out of dealing with life, and we're listening for a sound, or we hear so many sounds today, whether it be radios or news or music or voices. There's just so much stuff in the world today. To block all of that out and to be sensitive enough to hear his voice when he speaks. A few years ago, I had a book that I was reading and it was a book by Laura Beth Jones, and she wrote several books, but one of them was Jesus Life Coach. And in the book, she mentioned something, and she talked about how at one time, as a young girl, she had asked the Lord, she said, whenever you think about me, would you let me see a ladybug? And isn't that sweet? 
And I thought at the time, I would never ask the Lord to do that. But it got my attention because I thought, why not? So I went, I began to cry. And I thought, God, I've never asked you to show me or prove to me you think about me. And I went to sleep crying because it, was so, it touched something inside of me. And I remember thinking two things, beautifully wrapped packages and fresh flowers. I love them. The next morning was Sunday, and I went to church. And I went into, we have a little coffee shop out in our gymnasium, and I opened up the coffee shop. And I was in there by myself. And here comes one of our Sunday school teachers down the hall with her young daughter. And they come into the coffee shop, and they bring me a beautifully wrapped package. And they said, Sister Lumpkin, we just felt like you needed a gift. Well, I began to weep and to cry. Of course, I never told them why. I just, I was awed that how God even just read my mind. Amazing how he can do that. I didn't tell anybody still. I was overwhelmed with it. One week later, on, on that next weekend, I walked into my house. And there was a fresh bouquet of flowers sitting on my kitchen counter from my husband. He doesn't ever do that. <laughs> and I just said, you even use him. That's amazing. <laughs> and so when I told him why I was crying, he said, why didn't you tell me that before? I said, I didn't need to. You see, this God that we serve is more than just a song. <laughs> he wants to become so personal to us that he wants us to know how much he loves us. Ezekiel 34 and 6 says, And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, Merciful and gracious and long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. Keeping mercy for thousands. Forgiving iniquity, transgressions, and sin. We serve a God of abundance. An abundant God. We limit him. And remember something else she said in that book. She said that whenever she saw ladybugs, one time she said she saw a ladybug. In a, she was in a snowstorm. And she was going through a very difficult time in her life. And she said she got out to brush the snow off of her windshield. And when she did, a ladybug fell on the windshield in a snowstorm. Another time she went to speak somewhere. It was in a dry, dry desert somewhere. It was like 5 o'clock in the morning. And there was a beautiful pool out there. So she said no one was out. So she went out and swam in this pool. And she said, I needed to hear from God. I felt totally alone. And a ladybug comes swimming across that pool in the desert. I don't know how many times God wants to show himself and has tried and we haven't been listening. She said she told a friend about it and her friend said, I'm going to try that. And her friend began to pray and she said, Lord, every time you think about me, will you let me find a penny? I would think $100 bills, but I didn't do that. So. <laughs> But her friend one day ended up in the hospital, and her friend couldn't get out of bed. And 
she was laying there in this bed one evening, and she was crying, and she said, God, I don't even know if you know where I'm at, because what Laura Beth said was, God, whenever you let me find something like a ladybug or something, she said, what are you saying to me? And he said, I'm, I'm telling you, I hear you. I hear you, I see you, and I love you. I see you, I hear you, and I love you. And so her friend was laying there in the bed saying, God, I, I can't even get out of bed to find a penny. She said about that time, her door of her room in the hospital opened up, and a nurse walked in carrying a penny and said, I found this laying outside your door, and I thought maybe it belonged to you. We serve a God of abundance. We put him in a box and say, you can't do that. No, there's, you can only do it right here, and it has to be at this time, and it has to be this way, or I have to be this perfect. None of us will be that perfect. Only thing he's wanting us to do is to trust him and know that he loves us. He said that he came that we might have life and that more abundantly. Can I tell you that this abundant God, full of so much more than we could ever hope or ask for, is here to supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. He came we might have life. Here's the key for all of us. It's receiving it. We can stand here all day long and tell you God's a healer, God's a deliverer, God is mighty, he's a savior. And you can pray and ask and ask and ask. The key to all of that is receiving it's receiving from him. So here's what I want you to do because I told you I wouldn't be long because I really wanted there to be time for there to be a ministering spirit of the Lord to come in here because what I want to share with you in the next two sessions, you need to be ready for that because I'm going to hit you a little bit harder. But tonight we're going to love. Tonight we're going to love. So what I want you to do is I want you to just bow your heads. And I want you to just think for a moment of what one thing came to your mind when I said, God, will you show me that you love me and think about me with this? Just for a moment, think about it. You got it? I get texts, I get cards, I get Facebook stuff from ladies all the time who say, Sister Lumpkin, you can't believe how God showed up just the very next day with what exactly what I ask. Sister Lumpkin, you can't believe how often it's happened. I had no idea that this loving God that we all talk about and hear about even knew where I was. But he does. He knows when you hurt. He knows when you're disappointed. He knows when you're going through a situation. He knows. It's hard to hide anything from him. And this abundant God that we serve is wanting to do one thing really, I think, and that's just to love us. And we sometimes hold him at arm's length thinking, I'm not good enough. Did you know you're created in his image? You're created like him? He didn't create you to be something odd. He created you in his image. And so 
this great big God that we serve is just wanting to us to receive him because he loves us and wants to show it. So it's something as simple as a ladybug or a penny or a bouquet of flowers or a beautifully wrapped package. Whatever it might be for you. Some ladies like butterflies. Some people like snow. I don't know. <laughs> I like water. Whatever it is that you might be a love language to you. This loving God wants to do that for you. And so what I want you to do is take a lady by the hand. And I want you to just connect for just a moment. Because see, none of us are an island and we can't do any of this without God. And we can't do this without each other. Because we make up one big body of people. And you can't live this life without a connection with God. You just can't. And you can't do life without a connection in the church. And you need each other. We need each other. We need each other. And so when you're going through a trial, you're going through a struggle, you're going through a sick, it's not the time to quit church or to miss church. We had a lady in our church who was, has been dying for the last three months. She never missed church. They said she's got days to live. The Sunday before she passed away, the following Sunday, which was Easter Sunday, she passed away, but she was in church that follow, that Sunday. She never missed a Sunday or a Wednesday. They brought her in a wheelchair. They brought her in uh, any way they could get her there. She said, I don't have long. I'm going to church. She never missed church. I thought, my Lord, we got people miss church over a headache, homework, just a thought. And yet this lady who is dying says, I'm not missing church. Why? She learned a long time ago, this great big God that we serve is worth every bit of my praise. And once I'm gone, I can't do that. So while we are still here, why don't we give voice to this loving, great God who loves us the way we are, created us the way we are, loves us just like that. He's not asking you to change. He's asking you to just worship him. So I want you to just hold the person's hand beside you. I don't even want you to stand. I just want you to sit. And I want you to begin to worship as they begin to sing a chorus. And let's just let the Lord minister to women. I've watched the tears drop. I'm watching you wipe tears away. I don't know your hearts, but the heart mender's here. The healer's here. And when you let your mind be healed and your heart be healed, your body will be healed at the same time. It's a process. So I want you to begin to worship the Lord as we sing a chorus. Fiction. 